the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Association. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440. KYCR. Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. There's been a rise in coronavirus deaths in the state of Illinois. It has now suffered 12,000 total COVID-19-related deaths, the last 1,000 of them happening over a mere nine-day span. That's a record for the state since last April when the coronavirus was on the rise. Black Friday, normally the busiest shopping day of the year, and draws millions of shoppers eager to get started on their holiday spending in San Francisco. Stonestown Galleria General Manager Darren Iverson says this year's holiday sales could make or break some businesses. It's really, it's an important one. You know, we've we've gone through uh, um, a couple of uh, cities uh, shutdowns, which have certainly impacted um, um, the tenants. So I would say that this is a, a very important holiday season for the retailers. On Wall Street yesterday, the Dow was up about 40 points. This is SRN News. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Miller Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. The following program was pre-recorded. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. We're not looking at noise. This thing that we live in starves people. Don't hit me with them negative waves so early in the morning. It's the King Banyan Show. Life in capitalism always ends in billionaires. It's true. It's true. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. No one ever makes a billion dollars. You take a billion dollars. Why don't you say something righteous and hopeful for a change? The government is the public, and the public decides what is good for itself. Why don't you dig how beautiful it is out here? It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Here's King Banyan. Welcome back. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to you. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. So if you were listening in the last hour and you're a regular listener of this show, you will know that on last Saturday I had Professor John Spry on, and what we just played was 
the second hour of last week's show. John and I had such a good time with each other that after the show was over last Saturday, we said, doggone it, look what we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about Bethesda. We didn't talk about about pool testing or you know, all this stuff. And we just said, oh, you know what? We should record another hour. So that's what you're listening to now. John Spry, we've actually taken a few days off. So if you're listening to this, they were not recorded at the same time. So we're actually a few days later. We have a little more information. For example, the fact that uh, the third uh, vaccine from AstraZeneca and Oxford University is now saying we're ready to go. So there are now three vaccines out there. And it kind of gets to the question, John Spry, professor of economics from University of St. Thomas, welcome back, of how is it we're going to distribute those vaccines? And we talked about that in the last hour, but is there anything about this third one since now this is a different kind of vaccine than the first two? And and what would we say about about, you know, how how you get those vaccines? So, um the first thing I thought about is there's the logistics of these vaccines. And the, the previous two vaccines, which I have looked up uh, and researched, uh, you have to ship sort of like a large batch of several hundred or several, several thousand doses all together from the manufacturer. So there's been some discussion, like if you're in a really small town in Alaska, um, it might be kind of hard to get the vaccine there because the way they're being shipped, uh, uh, they have to be stored at, at very low temperatures. Um, so there's uh, both sort of the economics of uh, who gets the vaccine first. This is how do you scarce allocate scarce resources. And part of that is some logistics. What, what are the best ways to roll this out? And one of the things that I think has been good that I know Alex Tabarak from the George Mason University and Marginal Revolution uh, blog, uh, Susan Athey, um, a lot of a lot of economists have been saying that that we've been doing is go ahead and start making these vaccines at scale. So when you get them approved, you have stockpiles of them available. And even if there are some vaccines that don't get approved, um, that's a small cost to pay to manufacture them uh, in order to have uh, vaccines earlier. Um, So um, I don't think they're going to be charging for the vaccine. So it's going to be some kind of initially what we would call a non-price rationing of how they're distributed. And it may be that they're going to use some form of federalism where each state governor essentially will be in charge of allocating the vaccines that state gets. And one of the things um, that both economists, I think epidemiologists have looked at um, is uh, should you spread them really thin or should there be some uh, concentration in who gets the vaccine? And from a an ex, so there's a few questions in there, but let me let me use the ex, since this is another hour of COVIDnomics. Let's do some economics of COVID vaccines. The benefit of the vaccine is in increasing the 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 move toward herd immunity in a population. And does that or does that not mean that you probably should concentrate your vaccines into a particular area so you can get that particular area? up to the herd immunity level as quickly as you can. I mean, it's hard to say because it means means like rural Alaska might be, wait a while to get the vaccine, but you might you might say, well, the benefit's really strongest in, in, in a more concentrated area. So how do you think that's going to, how do you see that working out? And is that externality argument correct? I think that externality argument is correct. Uh, I associate with, with Tyler Cohen, also from the Marginal Revolution uh, yes. uh, blog, um, uh, we may first think, oh, I want to get vaccinated because then I just get the peace of mind that I'm very unlikely to get this bad virus. But it's important to sort of step back and say, 
if you're near somebody that's vaccinated, you also benefit from that vaccine. And it's not an academic benefit. It's a, it's a very real benefit is the more people where you are that have been vaccinated, the safer you are. So if, for example, all of the staff got uh, vaccinated at a nursing home, uh, that would benefit the residents, even if there weren't enough vaccines for them to get the vac- vaccine. Because yeah. now a, an infection that could have happened from the community uh, exposing a nursing home worker and then exposing residents, uh, it's like a nuclear chain reaction. And, and I think people have seen enough movies of, of how those work. Um, you're trying to... Uh, get the virus that's been exposed to somebody to just stop there, like putting a, a big uh, carbon barrier in a reactor. And that's what, that's, that's what we get that's a bigger benefit for society than just the individual people that are vaccinated receiving protect, protection. Right. So if we do that, then, John Spry, what we what we're getting then is an argument, I think, in favor of trying to to first of all, and I think everyone sort of has come to some agreement that as a matter of public policy, workers in nursing homes and workers, healthcare workers generally in hospitals and clinics and so forth, we're going to get to them first because there's a benefit for all the other people as well. And it keeps your it keeps your healthcare workers you know, available, because right now I can tell you in our local hospital, we're being told that maybe upward of a quarter of all the workers there either are currently fighting off the infection themselves or have been been a close contact to an exposed person and cannot come to work. So just from a labor force standpoint, you kind of need to, to, to take them on. But then this argues for the general population, those outside of the healthcare industry, you might actually want to focus more focus your your you're not going to just randomly choose who gets the vaccine you're actually going to try to take advantage of this positive externality which i would point out as well john it kind of increases with the number of people the externality increases with the number of people you vaccinated uh, that that is correct and so one of the pieces of news we have is in the Dakotas, North and South Dakota, it varies from region to region, county to county, but they're having double-digit positivity rates, meaning that when they give a test, um, over 10% of those tests are coming back positive. Mm-hmm. So in an area where the virus is widespread, vaccinating people there, that might cut down on a lot more transmissions than if you started vaccinating people outside of healthcare workers in a region where the current prevalence of the vac- of the virus is low. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And so, so it's likely then here in Minnesota because we've had a pretty high degree of infection over the last three to four weeks that we might be a place where you concentrate the, you might concentrate some of the vaccine. Um, and and you might sort of concentrate uh, the vaccine working from and obviously there there's the the healthcare worker and if you think about this if you work in healthcare you're just exposed to a lot more people per day mm-hmm. yeah. than most occupations and what your what the the externality is based on is not the number of people that have been vaccinated but the external benefit of the vaccine is based on the number of contacts those people are having so if you uh, were to vaccinate a hermit who is basically hibernating by themselves in northern minnesota you wouldn't get much of an externality to society but if you vaccinate a doctor that is seeing, say, 80 patients a day, there's a huge external benefit from that vaccine to everybody else. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's the point to make, is that, is that the way an economist would think about vaccines, if you're not going to use, and it's interesting because we're, we're actually arguing away from using the, pri- the, the willingness of somebody to pay, 
we actually are arguing for something where you're distributing it based on where will I get the maximum amount of both impact on the person receiving the vaccine, but also the people with whom they come into contact, which is a very different way of distributing, I think, than the way people would think an economist thinks about this. So, And, and I think okay. part of the distribution is uh, with the supply chain of, for the Dakotas, a lot of these vaccines are probably going to travel through the Minneapolis airport and then maybe mm-hmm. switch cargo planes to a smaller plane that would then go to Grand Forks or East Grand Forks and distribute it there. So uh, the skills of people in logistics are also incredibly valuable because it's a massive distribution problem. Yeah, and that is, in fact, I think, uh, for to credit Operation Warp Speed and the Trump administration response, I think that's one place where they do get a lot of credit because they've they've been working at building out the distribution chain from the beginning with with vaccines that are very different where the Pfizer one needs to be stored at 70 de- minus 70 degrees Celsius while the one that AstraZeneca is producing can actually be above freezing for a period of time so very different logistics in this uh, we'll be back right after this we're visiting with Professor John Spry it's a second hour of COVIDnomics here on Thanksgiving weekend you are listening to the King Banyan show on business for Nobody works on easy Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800 500 8384, High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love. If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Are you in charge of cleaning and sanitization at your food production facility? American Pressure has the tools to help you. Custom high-pressure conveyor wash systems save time and water and help you automate cleaning. Give us a call today at 763-521-4442, and we'd be happy to come visit you at your location. Buy local, buy quality, visit AmericanPressure.com. Business 1440 has listeners all over the nation, so we make it as convenient as possible to listen in. Hear honest and professional financial insight by streaming us on iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, our Facebook page, or at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. So vaccination all across the nation. Give 
Welcome back, King Bagan Show Business 1440. I thought that was this. Uh, what's better than an hour of COVID nomics on the King Bagan Show? Two hours. You bet. We've got Professor John Spry visiting with us uh, again this hour. Uh, we, we we wanted to get to so we've been talking about vaccines a fair bit, but part of the technology of dealing with a pandemic is testing to know who is infected and who is not, particularly how difficult it is to know about infections when you can be asymptomatic and be spreading COVID. Um, So the fact that you feel okey-doke doesn't mean you should be going outside without a mask or visiting grandma. Okay. It's a lot, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, John Spry, professor of economics at University of St. Thomas is with us. And we've been talking about this a little bit in the green room uh, and trying to figure out, you know, things. So, John, one thing that we know is that the National Basketball Association, and I know my listeners hate it when I talk about sports, but they figured out how to use a testing process that was that was allowed them to rapidly test their players and staff, coaching staff, their front office personnel on a daily basis and get results almost like that. I got tested, uh, you know, within the last two weeks and it took more than 48 hours for me to get a response. And that's a long time to wait. Um, you know, so so there's testing regarding rapid testing versus versus the slower PCR tests, and then there's also the testing for antibodies. John, take this where you'd like. What have we gotten right, and what have we gotten wrong when it comes to testing for COVID? Well, um, I like what Germany's been doing. Um, so there are two kinds of testing, and um, I, I'll go ahead and share. I've I've had three COVID PCR tests this month and um, I've had all three types. I've had the long one where it's described as touching your brain. They go very into your nose. Um, I, I have had the one which I like a lot better where they put a swab uh, just maybe half an inch into your nose and it's, it's not painful at all. And they just hold it there for five seconds in each nostril, and uh, that collects the specimen. And then the third kind of PCR test is the saliva test. And I'm guessing that's the one you may have had? That is correct. Okay. And my university, the University of St. Thomas, um, had um, the week before Thanksgiving a two-day event with over 2,300 people getting tested at a university with approximately 12,500 students, faculty, and staff. So that's a decent percentage of our whole population got tested over two days. It was a saliva test. You just uh, fill up uh, a vial, no pain whatsoever, and I got results in 26 hours. Some people got results in 48 hours. Um, That's what we saw, too, and we did exactly the same thing, John, here at St. Cloud State. We did exactly the same thing. Our our, uh, uptake of uh, the testing from the uh, faculty and staff, from the student faculty and staff, sounds like it was a little less than yours, but you may have more of your students living in the the area. We have have probably about 20% of our classes in person, so our daytime population on the campus is probably no more than than 1500 and we got 40% of them in. Okay. And the advantage of the PCR tests is yeah. that they are very accurate. If you have the coronavirus, if you're able to spread it, it's very likely to pick up that. It's very likely to not give you a false negative where they say you don't have it, but um, you actually do. Um, the other kind of test uh, in Abbott, which is here in the Twin Cities, uh, makes these are the Angen tests. And what they're testing for is a particular protein on the COVID-19 virus. This is the really cool thing. 
One of my students works for Abbott Labs. They make uh, these tests, and uh, the student gets tested every week just as an employee. Because if you make the test, you might as well use it for your employees. The cost per test, much lower, about eight bucks a test. It's an easy test. You don't need a medical profession professional. You can administer it yourself. You put a swab in your your nose, um, not too far. Uh, You then put the swab in some liquid. And then you put the liquid on something that almost looks like an EPT test. And you get your results in 15 minutes. So our German friends have been using this, and this is how widespread this test is. Angel Merkel has announced they're now going to be distributing up to 20 engine tests per resident of nursing homes everywhere in Germany. So then the nursing home will determine do residents get tested every other day, and they're particularly interested in having a protocol that um, uh, anybody visiting them would have a rapid antigen test before they're allowed into the nursing home. And if they're positive, you know, right, you've figured out sort of the informational problem. Those are the people that you don't want to let into the nursing home, like letting a fox into a hen house. And so that's very exciting. Um, And Germany is covering the cost. That's a really massive scale of testing. Telling nursing homes you get 20 antigen tests per month per resident. So then the nursing home will decide how those are used between uh, the patients, the staff, and the visiting relatives. And I, th- I think that's just a wonderful way of using testing to sort of do like the NBA, creating this bubble. Yes. That, no, that's exactly right. Protection. Yeah. And at $8 a test, that's not, that's not a humongous cost. And certainly the the NBA, so I may have mentioned this, I think I mentioned this last hour, but since we're taping these three days apart, I, for, I forget a lot. Of, I forget what I had for breakfast, for God's sake. But uh, I, I seem to recall that um, Joe Lacob, the owner of the Golden State Warriors, was offering to give that rapid antigen test to everyone who wanted to come into the arena so they could test them outside and in 15 minutes say, you're clear to go in to watch the, watch the basketball game tonight. You're not because you're positive. And they, and they were willing to eat the cost of the $8 because, of course, if they can get you in the arena, they're going to make a fair amount of money at that. And they would have done socially distanced. Unfortunately, the city of San Francisco and the state of California have said, yeah, we're not going to let you do that, uh, which, is a bit, which is too bad. But... Uh, uh, but it does show, I think, that businesses will be willing to deploy that test if we can make them widely available. Now, John, if I remember right, is the antigen test from Abbott now uh, accepted by FDA for widespread use? Um, it had been held up for a while. Um, uh I can't say as of this date and when it would air exactly what it's like uh, for FDA approval. I think it's approved in some things, like Abbott can use it with their employees. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know the exact answer, and hopefully this changes. Um, But besides approval, there's did you pay to fund this? So I was kind of pleased recently to read my written testimony to the Minnesota Senate Health and Human Services Committee from April. And I am very pleased that I said, don't be penny wise and pound foolish about being for test, uh, uh, spending money on testing. Spending money on testing really gets to protect people. It also protects your economy, but we want the economy for the people, right? The purpose of the economy isn't to produce numbers in a table. It's we want people to have better lives. And, uh, for example, going back to Germany where, where it is approved, Lufthansa, 
their very famous German airline, is now piloting the idea for eight bucks per person, why not rapid engine test everybody on the airplane before they get on or before they even get to the gate where they might be infecting people. And at that price point, if it's approved and you have produced a lot of these, then that's a heck of a way to protect people. It certainly is. And I actually, actually that thought, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I would, I would support maybe, John, what would it take? And I haven't, this is the first time I even had this thought. What would it take if we just said to the Minneapolis airport commission to the Mac, just said, okay, if when you come to here, you're first going to go through a line and take this rapid antigen test. We're going to charge you $10 tax on your ticket to take the test. And if you show me that you don't have COVID, you can go in the airport. That way I don't have to worry about that the people I'm coming in contact with as I'm going through TSA, as I'm boarding the plane, which is actually probably the place where you have the greatest concern about being too close to people, you've given them the test. What would it take to just sort of say, well, yes, we're going to do that, and every airport can make the choice to say, you'll be safe to go through our airport because everybody's tested on the way in. That is a tiny cost compared to the cost to people that are waiters and waitresses and run restaurants. It is a tiny cost compared to kids that are having uh, kind of maybe more challenging learning environments. And I'm proud to say right now I'm teaching all my classes in person. And students have the option of – being distance and uh, watching the video feed and participating that way. But um, uh, I know for, for my MBA class that one of my students is getting this rapid engine test every single week. And a lot of the class, including myself, went and had the um, test with the uh, PCR, PC, yeah, PCR, Mm-hmm. Um, for 48 hour, maybe 26 hour uh, turnaround. And so if you, as you do this higher level of testing, um, you get to reduce the spread of the virus. And one of the things if I can brag about St. Thomas, um, we got our preliminary positivity rate uh, for the mass testing of 2,300 people, and it was 3.6%. Oh, you're doing great. And on the one that's hand, awesome. that may sound like, oh, wow, that means uh, you had 36 positives for every 1,000 people. But that's a much lower positivity rate than in some parts of Minnesota or the Dakotas. And exactly what right. you're trying to do with testing and with vaccines is get that positivity rate down because the math is really simple. If the virus spreads to less than one person, the virus is getting killed off. And unfortunately, like over the last few weeks, if, if everybody with the virus spreads it on average to more than one person, the virus spreads and we, we face harder choices. So I'm, I'm on team people and I'm against the virus. So testing is a good way to uh, combat the spread, and obviously uh, vaccination and, and uh, doing the best job of getting the vaccine um, is really valuable. And the other thing is while we're talking about limiting, like who gets the vaccine first, don't be penny-wise and pound foolish. Spend all the money you can. I don't care if we have to pay the production workers at Pfizer or Moderna or AstraZeneca time and a half or double time to work overtime, run those machines as fast as you can. It's, it's an incredibly low cost to increase uh, vaccine production compared to the benefits. Right. Okay, John, we're going to take a break here uh, and uh, we'll be back after this. You're listening to Professor John Spry from the University of St. Thomas and me, King Banyan on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Anybody ask for more? My needs are small. I buy them all at the five and ten cent store. 
Since 2004, men choose Andro 400 for one reason, results. It has really worked. I've lost 35 pounds. It's just unbelievable. I never lost weight like that easily in my life. Congratulations, Stephen, on losing 35 pounds. Now, listen to Leonard's results. So when I went to my doctor, I was telling him about uh, your product, Andro 400, and he said that it was okay for me to take it. So I started taking it. I just came back from the doctor yesterday. I'm down to 190 from 236, and he told me to continue to do what I'm doing. Outstanding, Leonard, losing 46 pounds. Guys, if achieving results like losing belly fat, gaining energy, and improving testosterone levels are what you're looking for, then get Andro 400. We guarantee the results. Start today and get free shipping. Go to andro400.com, andro400.com, andro400.com. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. This is the Entertainment Answer. The Thanksgiving episode of Food Network's Holiday Baking Championship premiered this week. I recently chatted with baking contestant Kes Ashun, who said this about working against the clock. The time is real, and it goes really fast. They don't stop, so you got to get everything in, make sure you present something to the judges. It's tough, but it's an experience of a lifetime. I would do it again. It's the best time of my life. To hear my full interview with Kes, check out the podcast section of theentertainmentanswer.com. We're here with another satisfied JTR Roofing customer. What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. We have some passengers that are very sick. Could you come take a look at them? Yes. Yes, of course. You'd better tell the captain we've got to land as soon as we can. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients. Sweet love, sweet cherrya, coming for to carry me Welcome back. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Thank you for listening today. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to you. We're visiting with Professor John Spry from the University of St. Thomas. We've been talking about vaccines and testing. And I just wanted to clarify and be sure the listener understands what Operation Warp Speed was because it kind of plays through a lot of the responses that we've been talking to about today on the show. Operation Warp Seed basically says, I'm going to go buy, and it was promoted, as John identified before, by folks like Susan Athey, uh, like uh, Alex Tabarak, and a number of, uh, a, a number of uh, people, economists, epidemiologists, uh, healthcare professionals. Um, and what it basically said was, we're going to buy, we're going to pay for the production of millions and millions of doses of a vaccine that we don't yet know will work. So we're going to basically buy lottery tickets on six to eight. I think there were actually nine that they went ahead and bought the, that basically said, we're going to pay for the production and we're going to pay for the distribution. We're going to do all that up front. And we don't know if these are going to work, but all we really need is for one or two of them to work and we'll have a vaccine and we'll have it faster because what holds up 
our willingness to what holds up the development of vaccines is not is both i don't know if i'm going to get it to work i don't know if i'm going to get it approved and even and after that you choose not to make the investment in production until you actually are at the point where you think it's going to get approved i got to be ready to go what they did was fast forwarded all that compressed all of that which takes a year or two into a few months and that is the genius of warp speed but it's in essence buying an option of this vaccine versus that vaccine versus another vaccine and saying, I don't need them all to work. I just need a few of them to work. It's kind of like how I used to go to play the horses at the racetrack, right? I just bet on all the long shots and hope to heck one of them comes in and covers all my losing tickets. Um, so, John, I, John Spry, I think this also sort of explains us how we think about hospital capacity and what the state has done regarding morgues and hospitals and so forth in that we don't have that same attitude toward buying hospital space as we did in terms of buying vaccines. We didn't even have that attitude of testing as we have in terms of vaccines. John, why we, we read news that, you know, that uh, the Bethesda, that Bethesda's COVID hospital got closed and it's being converted into homeless shelter to a homeless shelter down there in St. Paul. Well, what's going on in that space? Well, I I uh, think it's it's good to remember that when we look at the hospitalization, most of the people that are hospitalized right now in Minnesota are non-COVID nineteen. Right. So we've been worried about the, this capacity. Do we go over the COVID nineteen? And some of us may remember when um, the Navy hospital ship showed up to New York, mm-hmm. and they didn't actually need it. But you don't, it's like carrying an umbrella. You don't know on a dreary, possibly rainy day when you leave in the morning if you need the umbrella or not. But carrying an umbrella with you on a day when it might rain is very valuable if it does rain. And that's the idea of option value. And so by having Bethesda Hospital, I'm a little bit surprised right now when we have sort of a partial lockdown. The the restaurants are closed. We've closed the gyms. We're hearing the the COVID is bad. And if you look at the numbers, they're up. The the positivity rate in uh, not just the Dakotas, but parts of Minnesota is up. And so there are parts of Minnesota you could go to where uh, over one in every 10 tests comes back positive today. So that's bad. But yet, at the other hand, should we have Bethesda Hospital, even if it's not being used right now, available as an option, like an umbrella on a rainy day, in order to turn it on? And I was just kind of thinking about option theory or pricing, and I was like, I think I would rather have the option to turn Bethesda Hospital back on as a COVID hospital. Um, We just had put all this expenditure into it. So if you're in Bethesda Hospital, they are sucking the air out of the rooms that have people that have a very infectious COVID uh, infection, and getting that air circulated and changed uh, very quickly. That's what that hospital can do. And I would think the option value of having a Bethesda hospital available as a hospital instead of no longer available at all is a lot higher than the value of having the morgue for the bodies. And I agree um, with that. I don't, I I don't understand if we had to save money or, or come up with money I would I would give up the morgue first before I would give up the option. If things do get very bad as the days get short and people are inside more and more, to have Bethesda as a COVID hospital, that seems to be uh, protection. During one of the governor's uh, Governor Walz's uh, press conferences, they had a map of Minnesota and the number of critical care beds that were available and showing that 
on the eastern border of the state, including the Twin Cities, the, the, the numbers were very, very low. But on the western half of the state, they weren't quite as low. And in the north, they're not quite as low, although they're there are not that many beds. And they've had on uh, people who I know personally from Centricare, which is the provider that's that runs basically from St. Cloud out on I-94 and down Highway 23 here all the way out to the Dakotas. And they're moving people between hospitals that uh, between hospitals within the Centricare system uh, that that where they're going maybe even as many as 100 miles. Um, is that another way of dealing with that problem, is just by transporting them rather than rather than having – is that, in fact, one way of taking care of this problem of insufficient beds? Um, well, yeah, so this is kind of like a logistics pro- problem. Uh, you might be able to move people from St. Cloud to Bethesda if Bethesda was a COVID hospital like right. it used to be. And then that would yes. open up beds in St. Cloud for people closer to the Dakotas and, and further north. And yeah. so from from a logistics standpoint, it seems to me in terms of option value, I'd be willing to pay something to keep the option open now for Bethesda Hospital to be used for COVID at least throughout this winter. And right. I'm a little puzzled why that hasn't gotten more attention. Right. I mean, I am as well. I am as well. And uh, and and so I, I that probably of all the things I've seen in this, that's probably been the one that's most surprising. John, we need to take another break. We'll be back with our final segment here in just a moment on the King Banyan show. Visiting with Professor John Spry from the University of St. Thomas here on Business 1440. Oh, my health is fading. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Attention homeowners. Do you have a house that's in need of serious repairs? Do you have tenants that never seem to make their monthly payments? How about code violations, past due taxes, or maintenance costs you just can't afford? Then call my friends right now with Quick Cash Offer. They specialize in buying any home, no matter how ugly the situation. Turn that problem property into cash right now. It's just that simple. One call and you can get rid of that home headache forever. They buy the ugliest houses with instant Instant closings, instant cash, and huge savings. Plus, there are no realtor fees, no listing fees, and no repair costs. Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your neighborhood this month. So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick Cash Offer now. 800-775-4514. 800-775-4514. That's 800-775-4514. Want to give a truly unique gift at half the regular price? It's a hot air balloon ride at treetop level across the St. Croix River Valley. The memory becomes sweeter knowing you paid half the regular price through this special radio offer. Float quietly along somewhere between the lush green earth below and wide open expanse of the blue sky above. To purchase a private ride for two from Stillwater Balloons at half off the regular price, go to this station's website, click on the More tab, and Half Price Offers, or call the station now. 
Kickstart your weekdays with financial guidance from some of the best in the business, like Bill Gunderson, Dave Ramsey, the hosts of Bloomberg, and many more. The economic insights and investment strategy you need every day. This is Business 1440. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Business 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Again. Welcome Don't back. King Banyan Show, Business 1440, final segment of two hours of COVIDnomics. Visiting with Professor John Spry from the University of St. Thomas. John, thank you so much for your time today. A number of things I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving weekend. One of them is our friendship. I really appreciate the, your willingness to come on and share your thoughts with us here. Um, John, I, people who listen to the show know that I've been fairly reluctant to do a whole lot of work trying to do forecasts of COVID. I've talked about what the economy would do in response to COVID, and I've been willing to do that because I feel like I'm a little bit on sure ground there. How about you? I mean, when people ask you, well, what do you think is going to happen with COVID? How do you answer them? Um, that's a question I get a lot because people kind of think of the economists as like the weathermen for forecasting anything that's not the weather from, uh, grain prices to the stock market to the progression of an infectious disease. And I would say people that really understand forecasting know that we don't know enough to produce an accurate forecast of what's going to happen to a pandemic. And some of that is because people that look back at the great Spanish flu of 1918, 1919, we still have a hard time coming up with why did the data look like that back then when we've seen the entire progression of the Spanish flu. And so humility, I think, is in order for our forecasting. Um, one of the things that's changed since like the pandemic began is it looks like the, the, the lethality of being infection infected has changed. Um, yes. some of that is human behavior. We have some treatments that we didn't have back in March. Mm-hmm. So that's going to affect a forecast of the, the death total. Also, people are going to behave uh, differently. If we're winning against the virus, if, if the virus is unable to reproduct, reproduce very much, then people are going to feel like it's worth taking more risks and there'll be more interactions, which could up interactions. Um, before this lockdown, one of the things I found amazing in Minnesota were the restaurants were pretty empty a couple days before the lockdown went into effect. And it looks like this fall, as things got colder, Minnesotans were just staying away from restaurants a little bit more than they had in August. So yeah, there was an know, there was an NBER there was a study by the national published by the National Bureau for Economic Research, John, between Iowa and Illinois on the on the river there on the border between the two states, looking at uh, restaurant going to restaurants in the two places. Iowa did not have the lockdown rules that Illinois had. Practically no difference. Little difference, but very, very little. The legal lockdowns have not been very helpful. But, John, one of the things that I want to make sure we touch for our listeners before we let them go here to, uh, this morning is is just that thought that we're trying to predict human behavior, and humans can read the the data as well as as well as an epidemiologist can and they can they can make they're making their own decisions is is basically the point we're trying to make and that requires when you're forecasting and the fact that your that behavior's changing and information is changing it requires you to be a little more humble about how you do forecast which um, honestly, the only thing I've really said about epidemiologists here is that they've gotten their humility lesson in spades over the first half of 2020. 
Go ahead, John. Yeah, so um, uh, one of the things I appreciate being an economist is we are socialized into the jokes about how bad economists are at forecasting. So the Nobel Prize winner MIT Paul Samuelson had a joke that everybody learns that economists have successfully predicted nine of the last five recessions. We learn this for a reason, to know that we're economists, and God made us to make the weathermen feel better about their forecasts. And that humility actually, to me, is really needed, and and we can't predict exactly what's going to happen because people are going to behave differently depending on the COVID news, just like the number of people going for a run will be different based on the weather forecast. Right. And, and I think, John, if, you know, I, one of the things that you, you get taught in economics, and I think you get taught a lot in, in places, is that is two, there's two competing principles. One, you and I both learned to say the words, I don't know a lot. Okay, that's that humility piece. On the other hand, you're always getting the pressure to answer the question, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And when you tell them, I don't know, they are, most people are unsatisfied. Oh, you must have some idea, don't you? How do you teach your students to deal with that, to deal with that pushback when they first are doing what you taught them to do to say, I don't know? Oh, I, I teach them that anybody that gives a forecast that doesn't have a measure of their confidence interval doesn't understand forecasting. So that if, mm-hmm. if you do have a forecast, it's like, look, I think this is going to happen. And one of the jokes I tell my students is I predict that this currency is going to go up in value, down in value, or maybe stay the same. And a lot of times that's all the better we can do forecasting something like a currency or the progression of a, of a virus in the future. And so knowing that there's this wide range of possibilities, I want my students to plan for the best and the worst outcome that you think are right. plausible. And that's right. where you think, I think about that's... option value. That's exactly right. And I think that's exactly the way, way I train my students, too, that you've got a range of possible outcomes. And if anyone just gives you a single point forecast, they've probably done you a disservice. John, I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you for sharing your time with us and with our listeners. John Berg, thank you for the production today. And Let's we'll- say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills, but let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Mill Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via internet. And that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. 
Hey, you know, Christmas is coming. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I already have my toques hung by the chimney with care, eh? Well, I got the best Christmas present for my family this year. I'm going to be the hero. Oh, you always outdo me, and I end up with eggnog on my face. So what are you doing so I can keep up with you, eh? I got one of the brand new Arctic spas from Premier Pool and Spa. They're delivering it next week. This one is all the bells and whistles, the latest technology, so we don't have to do a thing, eh? But relax and enjoy the hot water. Hey, they got a sale going on or anything? They're doing all kinds of deals with the ones on the floor, and they also have a free Christmas light upgrade. Whatever's best for you. Oh, and they can deliver before Christmas? They are still taking orders to build them and deliver them before Christmas. So visit Premier Pool in Chanhassen today. Arctic spas are engineered for the world's harshest climates. You deserve it. PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously, eh? Premier